Hello and welcome to the Jazz Podcast. It's episode 73. Rebecca Nash is our guest today, a bright light among jazz musicians of her generation. Rebecca is acting as a performer, arranger, composer, educator. She needs her own originals project, Atlas, which features Nick Malcolm on the trumpet, Tom Seminar Ford on guitar, Chris Mapp on the bass, and Matt Fisher on the drums. The band are set to record their debut album later this year. But before we talk to Rebecca, I've got two preview tracks from this new Atlas album to play you right now. Rebecca Nash, welcome to the Jazz Podcast. Thank you, Rob. I'm very excited to be here. Yes, we're excited to have you. Tell us about Atlas, because I've just played some at the start of this show. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, Atlas is comprised of a bunch of different musicians from, it's really cool actually, they kind of span all the three cities that I've mainly lived in, which is I'm from Bristol and lived in London for a long time and then more recently moved up to Birmingham. So uh, the chap from Bristol is a wonderful trumpet player called Nick Malcolm. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've come across him at all. No, I haven't. Yeah, he's amazing and he's got a fabulous project himself called Jade, which you should definitely do a podcast about that. so yeah, Nick Malcolm, and then uh, from I studied at Trinity College of Music and also at uh, Royal Welsh with a drummer called Matt Fisher, yeah. and he obviously plays in Entropy too, uh, and still lives in London. So he's he's the drummer for that project. And when we moved up to Birmingham in 2014, I was introduced to. Uh, Chris Mapp, who is the bass player for Atlas, and also uh, Tom Seminar Ford, who's a fantastic guitarist. And he, Tom, sort of was a slightly later addition to the band, uh, as it were. He sort of joined it in the last sort of year and a half, and uh, that feels like it feels like a really since he joined, it feels like more of a really cohesive sound. And it was sort of, yeah. It's, it feels great. It's great to play with those guys. And then from time to time, uh, be, well, on the album that we're about to release, we're going to be joined by some special guests, uh, of which I can't, well, Sarah Coleman, who I've been awesome. working with recently, um, is going to be featuring on that and writing some music for it as well. Oh, amazing. So that is us. 
Great. I've forgotten now, in my excitement, whether I ever covered the fact that you play the piano. So I just want to throw that out there now before it gets too far into the show. Um, Yes, I am. Smooth. Um, (laughs) What made you decide to play the piano in the first place? Can you remember? I actually can't remember. I, I was quite young when I started lessons and I think it was just, I was very lucky. I, just, I had two very musical parents. My father was a classical viola player and my mum is, um, she's a singer. Uh, both very different musicians, but both of them were uh, obsessed with music. And I think um, we had a lovely piano in the house and also, uh, there was a brilliant, well, she still is actually brilliant, piano teacher living in Bristol called Kate Miller, who was an amazing woman uh, from New Zealand and has taught some of the most insane piano players in the country. And um, she just happened to be living in Bristol. So my dad was obviously going to send me to her. And I think I think something just clicked, but I was quite, I started lessons when I was about three or four, so I can't really remember what it was about the piano um I think I just I think maybe it's one of the instruments that just you can instantly get a good sound out of it rather Mm. than the violin which I was forced to play and yeah I didn't come as naturally so I obviously gave it up (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah cool so that was that that was how I kind of began and uh how long did you play that violin for before you gave it before I gave it up yeah I I just basically did hash my way through some terrible school orchestras on it and I still love it I just don't touch it yeah (laughs) but um I think I, I was about 18 basically I gave it up when I went to study um yeah Okay. I don't know. I do sometimes think, oh, maybe I'll get it out again at yeah. some point. Uh, and there's some. Oh, yeah. No, I probably won't. Well, to be honest, <laughs> <laughs> I, like I like to think, to think that I would. Mm. But I probably won't. Anyway. I have a feeling that things that you, you know, if you played it really young, maybe you, you you'll have a much bigger advantage for your childhood memories for getting it back again. I don't know. I also think that I thought I was better than I was oh yeah um, I still feel that about myself do <laughs> I do that's actually not my personality but I think I just thought I don't know it's obviously been so long that I could you know since I played the violin that I think in my mind that I was somehow more I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I'm not very good at it that's okay. the end of that <laughs> that's the end. all right moving swiftly on yeah so you did an undergrad at the Royal Welsh College I did yeah what did you study was- that was in jazz. Right. Um, so I did the undergrad jazz uh, BMAS there. Yes. And then went to Trinity to do the master's. So that was about 2000. Oh, that's quite a long time ago now. 2003, I think it was, that I went to college in right. Wales. And then went off to Trinity in 2008 eight or nine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had a brilliant time. Actually, I had a little listen to your podcast with Alice Leggett. So I was like, I, I should just thought I better prep myself for some questions and the sort of things that you might ask me. Yeah. But it did take me back a bit hearing her podcast. And actually, we just did it randomly. We did a gig for the first time in Brecon. 
about two weeks ago for the Brecon Jazz Festival. Oh, nice. Which was really nice. It was really nice to meet her properly. And, is she, so um, Alice is, is younger than you? Is yes, that, yeah. That, okay, cool. Yeah. I don't like to admit it, but she probably is quite a lot younger than me. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to bring it up that way. That was that was tasteless. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to get a map in my brain of, yeah. uh, you know, of what's going on. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. But I graduated about six years ago from yeah. Trinity. What year did you graduate? It was 2011. Ah, so we would have been in London studying at the same time. Yeah, which is why I, might, I think I must have met you somewhere. Yeah, let's just assume Definitely. that we did and it yeah. went really well. Yeah, okay. Okay, I'm great. I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. So why, um, how do you know when you're so young that you wanted to study jazz? I don't know if I did know, actually, if I'm totally honest, uh, that I, do you mean like at 18? Yeah, before, yeah, exactly. Like when you were at school, is there anything else that you wanted to do? Yeah, I didn't, it was weird, actually. I didn't do music A-level, uh, because there wasn't, at the time, I think I was just because I've been playing classical music for quite a long time, and I was sort of I wasn't so interested in that genre at the time. So I, I actually decided to do French art and English A level. And when I finished, I went through this sort of, as I'm sure lots of people do. I just went. I, I just wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. If I wanted to do art, or I worked in. Uh, I sort of thought I wanted to go into catering. I I really was unclear, and um, I didn't I I didn't want to go to uni until I was absolutely hundred percent sure. So the the way I made my decision was actually when I kind of asked myself, I was like, "What's the one thing I can't figure out exactly what I want to do? Mm-hmm. What's the one thing that I'm going to regret not doing?" Oh, and, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was yeah, it was definitely music, but I. I think I was just quite naive. I thought that it would, I, I would just be able to kind of gig a bit in Bristol and it, everything would fall into place. And actually, I realised, no, that's ridiculous and I need to go and get some proper training. So, so did I you went, have a year out then in Bristol? I had, yeah, I had yeah, several okay. years out. Right, okay. Three, three years out. Um, so I went, to co- oh, yeah, I went to college a little bit older. Yeah. And for my audition, played. I mean, I really didn't know what I was doing at all, Rob, at that time. Yeah. And I played a piece of Prokofiev. I mean, who does that for a jazz undergrad now? Ridiculous. And <laughs> also Billy Joel. Cool. <laughs> That's really. Uh, I mean, um, yeah. what, and what was the panel's reaction? Because they probably nobody else played Prokofiev. I don't know. I I think the thing is the course at that time was it was just slightly young. It was a younger course. Yeah. And they just I think they realised I could play by ear. Yeah. And I think it was more of that I didn't quite. I'm not sure if the audition requirements are really clear. And I had been playing jazz before that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But um, for some reason I thought that I think I was trying to play something technically dazzling. And yeah. also something soulful, and thankfully Paula Gardner um, saw past it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so 
I was a complete novice, though, when I went to college. I didn't really know anything at all. But you're supposed to be. How else are you going to learn anything? Well, indeed, indeed. Um, yeah. Cool. Mm. I well, think it's, it's, unless you are kind of, I think it's kind of normal, I'm hoping it's normal not to just, be solely into one thing in life it's quite a hard it's a big decision to make isn't it what you're going to do with the rest of your life if you really think about it yeah uh i don't know yeah if you knew that you had several shots at it you could try all kinds of wonderful things yeah i'd love to have 10 lives at once still now and to do um, okay what would you do in your in your maybe what else would i do now no i mean if you've got like 10 simultaneous lives you know well, I think I, I thought I wanted to work in interior design. I thought I wanted to do something with languages, something with art. Now I'd probably consider working a bit harder for my A-levels and earning, going for a higher paid job. Oh, I like that. That's wonderful <laughs> life advice. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's a lot of very sensible jazz musicians out there these days that seem to do two things at once yes um, proper jobs they're very yeah exactly like super overachieving and very inspiring uh i'm sure you know some of them yes i've Um, got some that i was just thinking whether i should bring them up or not yeah no i've got um yeah give us an example i'd be very curious i don't know i don't know if i should i don't know (laughs) i shouldn't bring them up but I'm going to because I think it's I think it's really amazing. But do you know Will Harris? No, uh, no. He's a ba- he's graduated from the academy very recently, maybe last year or two years ago. Okay, yeah, I'm too old to know him. Okay, well he's he's fab. <laughs> he's fab, but he also just happens to be a doctor as well. And wow, how can you be a doctor and then go on a jazz course? I don't know. He's just a total monster. He's an absolutely brilliant Lord. musician. After your undergrad at the Welsh College, then what mm-hmm. did you always want to move to London for when when you studied at Trinity? I did. Yeah, I think um, I really wanted to study with Simon Purcell, and it, yeah, going to Trinity was gave me sort of a different approach to my studying and practice, yeah. which sort of was a really nice contrast to what I'd had at Welsh College. Um, so, yeah, and I've still got a million things that I need to do and get together. So, <laughs> um, but I, yeah, it was great. I loved living in London. It was a bit, it was hard for me to leave. And uh, Whereabouts did you live when you were living here? Well, I was southeast, right. alongside all my fellow most people were southeast, I think. But I was down in um, Greenwich for a year and then oh, uh, near London Bridge for about another four or five years after that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, it was great. It was wicked. I lived with Dee. Ben. Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, Matt Fisher for yeah. a long time, who was like her brother yeah and um lovely singer called Alison Beck he went to Guildhall and yeah it was great um it was great you live in Birmingham now well I don't actually I I live in Bristol well um I'm kind of split a little bit but between Bristol and Birmingham did you ever live in Birmingham yeah yeah I did I live full-time 
um, up there from 2014 um, right. till last year. And then moved back to Bristol. Uh, but it's kind of, I'm still very much split between the two because I do a bit of teaching at yeah. the conservatoire there uh, now. And cool. um, that's awesome. What a cool. Yeah. How did you get? How did you get into doing that? Uh, well, I know Jeremy Price uh, well, and he uh, he just he asked me to do a module last year, so I was just really happy to take that on. And yeah, um, Ace, what's the module that you teach? It's just it's like a a harmony keyboard proficiency module for the first years. Yeah, which is um, it's it's a roast actually. It's um, yeah, I bet it is. <laughs> it sounds amazing but it's a race for everyone yeah. including myself but um so yeah that's been really nice and then just a, a bits and bobs of other uh teaching there and um and i also work from time to time for jazz lines who are brilliant and run lots lots of fantastic projects at symphony hall mainly right. um so yeah my other half teaches there as well the syllabus that you're teaching is that all set in stone like here's what i want the kids to learn off you go it's uh it is a very specific thing that ties in with um some of the other modules so yeah uh i don't know if it's i'm sure there's like all courses they have to be rewritten from time to time yeah so there's room for flexibility but um Yeah, it's it's really good, actually. How does it feel? Like, I mean, I just can't imagine, like, you know, I don't know, first years now, it must look so young and fresh. No, I spent, yeah, they they do, and I still feel exactly the same age, which is weird. Oh, cool. But but actually, I realise, yeah, obviously in the way that we all feel turn in our head, or I do anyway, a lot of the time. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, they're amazing. They're an amazing bunch of students there, actually, and um, super, super talented. And, yeah, I just <clears throat> I feel very lucky to work with them. It's really rare to talk to a musician who's moved as much as you have. You might be in a position to have set a, a UK record in the last 10 years for the number of places you've been based. Uh, well... I don't know. I, I was really, it, it took me a minute to get used to living in Birmingham just because it was a, t- a decision that was, um, it, you know, it wasn't me. I wasn't moving for my full time job, as it were. Um, but actually, I, I think there is, there's a lot of people moving out of London now. Yeah. And I was really, I was really worried about it for a long time. Um, and actually, I just found that my whole world, it, it didn't open up, as it were, but it just, actually, Birmingham is an hour and 20 minutes on the train. It's kind of almost the same time it takes to get from one side of London to the other. And Bristol is, you know, it kind of doesn't matter, I think, once you've got a really fantastic network of musicians that you play with or and friends it's actually everyone yeah is it is a cliche but it is just one big i don't know i, f- I feel that all the guys up in man you up if we met um 
you're up in Manchester, right? And the guys up in Manchester, it just... I don't know, I just feel like the UK is just... Yeah, it's pretty small. No, it's that far, really. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty small. Um, is it hard to find work in, a, like, if you've moved to, like, when you went to Birmingham? I don't know, I'd, I'd love to move around more, but I feel like it would take me years to build up my my work again to a point where I felt it was worth having moved. Yeah. It seems like a really hard thing to do. I think it is. Yeah. I mean, when I first moved there, I was still commuting back to London to teach every week. And I had a teaching job that was just North of London in Buckinghamshire. So I was still, that was kind of my main job as it were. Um, and so I can't, I wasn't really relying on Birmingham. It wasn't like I just gave everything up and moved there yeah. and then was starting again. In fact, that never really happened. It just, it, everything just expanded a bit, right. if you see what I mean. Um, so I think, yeah, it would be hor- it'd be really hard if you just kind of cut all your ties with one place. And, but it doesn't really happen like mm. that, I don't think. Um, well, that was my experience anyway. Yeah. No, that's yeah. good to know. I feel freer already. <laughs> you know, London's just so expensive. And where are you from, Rob? I'm from Manchester. Oh, are you? Yeah, so I went to the Royal Northern um, and did a four-year undergrad there before I moved uh-huh. to London. So, Do you, are you not, I mean, every time I go to Manchester, I'm like, oh, this is so brilliant here. And oh, it is. It's wonderful. There. It's a wonderful city. That's why I was there, you know, for the jazz festival. I we've started to go every year because it's just such a lovely place to hang out for a week it is a great hang isn't it yeah so do you know nick walters mm, no he went to i think he went to royal northern okay. and I, he was i was playing with him up at the festival as well um this year but i just yeah. thought maybe you guys would know each other yes um i don't know how not maybe yeah but i don't know him it's a disaster yeah. for me. <laughs> Um, but no, every time I go to Manchester, I'm just like, wow, there's just so many amazing musicians living there. And Yeah, um, there are. There's a lot. Of, I mean, like, you know, Mike Walker and Steve Berry, Ian Dixon, Les Chisnall. It's like a little hall of fame of guys yes. that are just hiding out. But I lived there for 12 years, right in the middle. Uh, uh-huh. You know, and as wonderful as that was... I go back and for a week it's wonderful, but I, I feel bored very quickly. Like right. if I moved again, I'd much rather move somewhere new again. I didn't never yeah. want to move back to Manchester now because right. it's been too many. It was wonderful, but yeah, I don't know. I'd feel, I'd feel uh, like, like I've gone, I don't know. Back. Do you feel, yeah. yeah, that's, I had that sort of feeling. I thought for some reason when I, when we moved back to Bristol, my hometown, um, that I was going to regress and become about like the worst part of my teenage self. Wow, that's really interesting. It's just like a completely irrational fear. No, that's exactly how I feel in Manchester. Like I, like I, I panic. Like oh god, I never left. Like yeah, I'm, I'm like as if like my degrees are going to evaporate. You know? Yeah, I'm actually still sixteen. Yeah, I know. Well, that's exactly how I felt, and it was a genuine feeling for a few weeks. And then I realised that, of course, that's ridiculous and completely irrational, and it's fine. Yeah. And actually, uh, you know, just putting it out there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it would be fine, Rob. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. I'm going to relax a little bit. So I saw you in the Sarah Coleman band. Yeah. At that Manchester Jazz Festival. Um, how did you get involved in that? Um, so Sarah is, uh, well, Sa- amazingly, Sarah's also from Bristol and teaches at Birmingham. Um, and our paths didn't cross though until we moved there. So it was, yeah, it was wonderful to meet her and she's since become a really, uh, fantastic friend. And, um, uh, so yeah, we just met through, I think she actually asked me to do a woman in jazz thing for jazz lines. Right. Um, what's jazz lines? Just, just fill me in on that. So they're (laughs) the, um, they promote jazz at Symphony Hornets, sort of spearheaded right. by Tony Dudley Evans okay. and uh, Mary Wakelam, and yeah, it's a bunch of amazing people that work for Jazz Lines. But um, so yeah, I met Sarah through them, and then we just became really good friends, and then obviously ended up sort of transpired that we were just really into the same music, and uh, uh, and ended up yeah, just doing playing together a lot and. Um, I, I wrote a tune for her album, and that's about that's just about to be released on Stony Lane in September. And uh, and she's writing some stuff for mine, which is fantastic. And I'm really yeah, looking forward to gigging it all a lot more. But that project in itself is is such a special project. And um, do you know Jonathan Silk? Yes, I know him very well. See, yeah, he's amazing, John. Silk, Silken scene, as we yeah. as we call him. But um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so he wrote some beautiful strings for that project, and because um, he plays in that band as well. Yeah, and his album Fragment. Sorry, I'm filling this in for the listeners, oh, yeah. not you. Um, <laughs> lecturing you about your own friends. No, fill it in for me. I probably don't. Know <laughs> Fragment. Yeah. He'd won some kind of there was some kind of funding situation where he was going to see Vince Mendoza, who's like, you know, the king of orchestration. Um, and, and Vince was like the mentor who was helping him to learn about how to orchestrate. Cause his album was big band and strings. Um, which I will say that I am playing on seeing as we're talking about it. Oh, amazing! Um, yeah. Which is how I met him, uh, which was really cool. And, um, then I found out he was like getting all these lessons. So then I could like, you know, gloat to my mum basically that I kind of played with like, not with Vince Mendoza, but with this guy <laughs> that's met Vince. Does that count for anything? Absolutely yes. counts for yes. a lot. <laughs> so, so yeah. So he's a, he's a now of course a wonderful orchestrator in his own right. So yeah, he's amazing. And his, um, his string writing on that album is really beautiful. And we had the uh, a quartet called the Carducci Quartet came and played on it. It was just, yeah, sublime. Yeah. So, yes, what else to say about that project? Yeah, Sarah's an amazing songwriter and um, feels like she's a sort of current working, I feel like I'm kind of working with the current but well, not version of Joni Mitchell. She is her own self, but it's just that sort of, it, it just feels really unique, that project. Yes. And um, yeah, so it's great. And um, so. Can yeah. we talk about Atlas again? We can. Like yeah. we've gone full circle from the start to the end. 
Sure. When did this project start? That's the question. Um, so that, well, probably not long after we moved to Birmingham, about 2014. Yeah. Um, and so we're kind of um, hoping to have the album finished by the beginning of the autumn and kind of together. And then we're going to release it later on this year on Stony Lane oh, Records. So you've recorded it already? No, well, it's 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 in the it's sort of in its final throes. So okay. the, yeah, there's still lots to be done on it, um, but we're getting there. So when you say lots to be done, are we? Are you like? Are you doing some overdubs or some tracks that aren't um, finished yet? So I'm hoping that Nick. It's really nice because I feel like all the. Well, I suppose it's the same with all musicians but I've, um all I feel like all the projects that I work with they kind of somehow blend into uh one in a way so um that's actually rubbish I just ignore what I just said but what I will we'll say is <laughs> I'll just beep well over too. that whole sentence yeah just I don't you know, I'm have to beep over lots I'm sure but um Nick Walters who is this trumpeter that I thought you might know from Manchester Yes. Well, he studied in Manchester. He is gonna um, help with adding some uh, extra bits and bobs to it. And yes, some of the songs still need to be written, right, and okay. um, bits need to be recorded. So it's not it's not quite there, but it's not far off. Yeah. Um, but I've just stopped putting pressure on myself with that project uh, uh, for it to be done in like two days, you know, you go some, yeah. well, some albums I've just kind of gone into the studio and they've just gone in and done it and that's it. Yeah. And actually I've just realised with this project as I've kind of gone along and having recorded Sarah's album that actually I didn't want to do it in that way. Right. And um, so, yeah, we're not far off, put it that way, Rob. Oh. So before we um, get out of here, tell me about your, what are your favourite hobbies? My favourite hobbies? If you have to, like, put the piano down for a day. Oh, classic. Uh, Yeah, classic. (laughs) Well, I endeavour to exercise. Excellent. (laughs) That is it. I enjoyed how you put that. That is a a sort of higher self hobby and happens from time to time and also... Sometimes I just think, oh, I want to go to India and become a yoga instructor mm. and do that. But um, anyway, no, what what are my hobbies? Um, this is a real window in itself into your musician's brain. What? But, there's nothing else yeah, in my head. Now it's silent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I mean, I just... I, I don't, in in reality, I just I don't have time for loads and loads yeah. of extra things. Oh, I that's... love my. I feel very lucky to have wonderful bunch of amazing friends and family. And I don't know. I try. My, if I had to pinpoint one thing, I love, oh sorry, just beat that out. I love um, hill walking. Oh, nice. There we go. <laughs> I love I love the outdoors. So really? if I have any extra, you know, any significant amount of time, yeah. then um, then getting out in the sticks is yeah. a favourite pastime. And actually, before the Brecon 
jazz festival gig I perhaps uh, made an error in dragging myself up Penny Fan which is one of the beacons Mm -hmm. before our concert and then completely (laughs) wiped out my legs but um yeah that's I would say that is a a hobby oh fabulous (laughs) and what is it about the word hobbies that make people go blank yeah I guess it's just being put on the spot like that you know I know something about the word hobby there's probably a more creative way to ask that question like if you were going to take me to the cinema what would we watch yeah yeah what would we watch, by the way? Oh, okay. What well, current <laughs> right now? Oh, it doesn't have to be current. Some kind of awesome cinema in which all films are being shown. I tell you what, I um, was having a clear out last night and came across uh, a poster. Remember when people had posters for films? Yeah. When you were a teenager? And they were teenager. like three ninety nine, and it felt like a great yeah. deal. Yeah. Uh, of this epic film called uh, True Romance which sounds like a kind of rom-com but it's I mean it is a rom-com but it's also a fantastic Tarantino film oh cool and um, if yeah if you haven't seen that definitely watch it it's got um, Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette and yeah it's amazing it's it's brilliant yeah check it out Rob Well, a great tip to end on. I'm going to go do some homework. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Rebecca, for coming on the Jazz Podcast. It was an Um, absolute pleasure. I forgot to promote at any point in the show that we'd passed that 20,000 plays. So if you're still listening, 40 minutes in, thanks for tipping us over. It's been a a very enjoyable uh, year and a half. Nice one, Rob nice one all right well yeah so thanks and um we'll look out for the atlas album launch because uh we all want to hear it cool please come yeah we will wherever it is especially (laughs) (laughs) especially if it's in manchester brilliant all right awesome well we'll speak to you soon okay bye thanks for listening to the jazz podcast now as promised that second atlas track We'll see you on Friday.